Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to Square Ball Podcast 106, recording on Monday the 19th of November, just after the international break. And we are, we're back to jinx the season and smash it against the rocks of the championship like a flimsy dinghy. Uh, with me is Michael Normanton. Where have you been? Just fancied a bit of a break. <laughs> just know? stepped yeah. out of the shower. <laughs> and uh, Moscow White's here as well, Daniel Chapman. Hello. This is almost, it's a bigger thing than if Oddie had come back. Well, we know Oddie's not coming back. Well, I was thinking about this. If we're bringing the the podcast back, whether it should be about Leeds United or because those true crime podcasts are really good now, do we do like a? Where's I got an email today with a clue as to where Oddie might be? For any younger listeners who are, who are listening, ask your dad about this guy. He's just old father time. Fable. Oddie, you need to ask your granddads if you want people who know Oddie. Uh, kudos to you, Moscow, as well for uh, the article that was in issue four of the magazine about Gary Speed and all the mental health stuff, which you can read for free. That's online at thesquareball.net. Fantastic work, thank you. There's lots of other good articles in the magazine that are well worth reading, always. And our hope when we post that is that we will entice you in and subscribe. Please do come and subscribe. Oh yeah, we need the money. We've got some calendars on sale as well for 2019, right on point for the Christmas uh, stocking fillers and all that, and some colouring books. All all the profits from that go to the Leeds Children's Hospital Charity, which is now branded as Leeds Cares. So please buy that. Have we got a winter fashion line as well? Is that, are we getting... That sounds quite grand, to be fair. Highfalutin. It's two jumpers and a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. But they're really nice and they've got our beautiful logo on and they will be warm. Um, That's basically why I wanted us to do them so I can have a free one of each and get through the winter alive. This is the new podcast, by the way. We're just selling merchandise at you like a bad QVC. We've joined you when there are no games, so we can't do white watching now, which is what we used to do at this part of the podcast. However, we are in the international break, which is partly why we chose to come back at this time. A chance to reflect on, on the season so far. A third of the season done, and we're third, three points behind Norwich. It's been all right, hasn't it? Would you say that you're only as good as your last result? No. Well, I, I listened to your last podcast, um, well, the start of it anyway, just to see where we were last time you you did one of these, Dan. And we'd just beaten uh, the Premier League's Huddersfield Town 3-0 and the Premier League's Cardiff City 1-0. And Thank we're still that's... here. <laughs> uh, you would, well, at least we were winning games. When did true. we last win a game? That's a good question, actually. Wigan. Wigan, <laughs> Wigan yeah, yeah, it's not long ago. It's all, it, no, it, it was really weeks wasn't now. That long ago it's weeks. We, I mean, we, we may not be the Premier League's Huddersfield Town or Cardiff City, but we do have World Cup manager Marcello Bielsa in place. Still, you have to pinch yourself. To work out the craziness that we have... The last time we recorded a podcast without you, it was the Paul era. And the last time with you, it was Steve Evans. <laughs> wow. 
Been a while. So things have improved. But Bielsa, what a human being. I want I want him to be, not my dad, because that would be unfair to my dad, but I'd want him to be my uncle, at least that. It's like your philosophical uncle you go to for advice. A lot of advice. Almost too much advice. Like the other week when he was asked, the question was, is there room for more than one style of football in the championship? And then 10 minutes later, it had Salim Lamrani, his translator, shouting that, that our children will pay for the consequences of our acts. It's like, how did we get here? <laughs> from Steve Evans. You just have to, not even just from Steve Evans, even from the question. And the guy, obviously his press conferences are, are rivaling the quality of the football, but it's great. He And it's an illustration into his character. He doesn't like doing press conferences. He would never do a press conferences if he had the choice. And yet when he has to do one, he will sit there for two hours and he will make sure every stupid question is answered at length. And sometimes his poor old uh, Salim Lamrani, a strong-looking fella, but he looks physically looks weakened by having to translate, especially when <laughs> French kids with backpacks start asking questions. That happens. Hipsters. Do you know what I like about this all? He's trying to create art, and this is why these French hipsters are showing up. Mm. It's because he's creating art, and from art comes romance. And that's what I, I like it, because... I've fallen in love with Leeds again. There was even, when we lost a match, there was a meme in, I think it was in in Argentina, about Leeds losing, and it was Bielsa picking a team. Oh, that was it. It's that one with the, the distracted boyfriend with, who's looking at one girl while his girlfriend looks on in horror. And um, it's the girlfriend is winning a game, but he's more distracted by um, nobility and defeat. And that's their whole thing. It's like, ah, you see, the Leeds fans are getting what we had to put. It's, oh, nobility using the team's resources. That was it. That's what I love. It's the pro- it's all about process, and that's what I love. It's like, even if we do another glorious failure this year, it'll still be great, won't it? Because we've played really, really nice football, and we've waited for that for a long time. We've scored basically all the best goals of the last 10 years are coming this season, <laughs> pretty much. Team goals, anyway. We've had a few, like, just after the, the Dan's last podcast, Alex Motor just scored that ridiculous one at Huddersfield. But we're not about that anymore. We wouldn't, we wouldn't dream of shooting from distance. It's vulgar. Unless it was matches click, who would shoot from 40 yards, <laughs> 50 true. yards. But with a little bit more finesse. And that was, I thought, the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday one where Adam Reach just pinged it in from 50 yards. Shouldn't have counted because no, it it's just luck. He's just swung a boot. Whereas a little bit more thought about our goals. Even the West Brom match, Pablo Hernandez scoring with a looping header. Like, how does that happen? From a scooped cross. I mean, it's too good. And this is what you're saying, though, that the reason that Sheffield Wednesday goal should have been disallowed was because there was no process there. We, no. we respect process and we create art. Had he done that 10 times in training every single day for a year? No. So it was just luck. And that's the beautiful thing, isn't it? It's this, this style of football all kind of joking apart. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just so nice to watch and just think, we've dreamed of this forever and we finally got it and one day it'll come to an end and i'm terrified of when it comes to an end but let's not concentrate on that now let's ride this crest of this beautiful procession this way i do have a little bit of information about the end because i ran into a chilean poet in leeds who was wearing a full (laughs) leeds united kit this was in the the last franzine as well and i asked him what happens after bielsa goes this is apparently in chile one of the uh, managers that followed described the whole country as they were like the widows of Bielsa, who they just will never get over him because he was the perfect husband that died. And they just keep talking about him all the time. And this guy said, that's pretty, he's absolutely yeah. right. We just, we just never get over him. 20 years time, we'll still be banging on about him in this podcast, won't we? And he'll probably only have done until, I mean, he's gone in May. No, no, no. He's, I think if it's not this season, 
it's next season he'll give it two and then he's done. There's split opinions. Nobody's quite sure because the club have said he's got two and an option, but apparently his people say it's one year and if, he, if we don't go up, he's off. But then you're hoping, will he stay or will it just be too much madness by that point? When was the last time we had a manager that you were genuinely worried about being poached by Champions League teams? Hackingbottom. <laughs> he, was, he was a guy on the way up. It was all upward. Hockaday also was a guy on the way up because well, he, he, he wanted to get there himself. He basically come from absolute rock bottom, so there was only one way he was going <laughs> back there in the end. So other highlights then of this this glorious uh, reign of, of Marcelo Bielsa. Then what do we like apart from the, the style of football? There's plenty to go at. There's plenty of good stuff been going on. I think it's just the the general feeling of the squad. This all they all seem all of a sudden like nice people, whereas last year I hated them all. <laughs> And many of them are the same people. Now they're having kids and I'm going, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Everyone's having babies. It's a lovely family club. Last year I'd have been thinking, just concentrate on training. <laughs> and we know that they've been flogged to death in training now. So. <laughs> there was, it was that opening game against Stoke. I started thinking about last season away at Norwich when Norwich scored two goals because our defenders were just standing still watching them pass. And I, I was um, sitting on the gantry, so I had a laptop with me and I I got up on YouTube to show this guy who was sitting next to me who was the, who was he? He was the Mexican correspondent for ESPN. <laughs> was just happened to be sitting Circles there. Circles you're in now. He's, he's going to be an extra in this new season of Narcos. I've not watched it yet on Netflix, but I know it's just landed. I expect to see him there. He's from Burnley. He's had an odd uh, life, but a good life. He's, he's doing well for himself. And so I was showing him that and I was like, it's the same team. I, like, I don't know what's happening. How has this happened? Like an hour into the first match. And so I think part of the, the joy of it is the, the surprise and the fact that he has done it. We signed Patrick Bamford, our most expensive signing since Robbie Fowler. We broke his leg because we don't even need him. <laughs> Same with Jamal Blackman. It's like, oh, we could have two goalkeepers, but let's make it interesting. Let's wait until Bailey Peacock Farrell's at his absolute worst, and then we'll just cripple him and then send him back to Chelsea. Because we like a challenge. So this, this, um, this birth rate at Thorpe Arch, what do you think has been going on? What's in the water? I tried to work out because it's the end of January is uh, is when all this uh, all the Marvin Gaye records were being put on mm. the turntables across Leeds and listened to very intently and I, it seemed to tie in with around the time Thomas Christensen was sacked so I'm wondering whether we didn't know at the time but was there some sort of ban on listening to Marvin Gaye while Thomas Christensen was the manager was not because even when even Yasuki Idiguchi is cracking on and having kids, and he he can't do anything. And yet he has managed to successfully father a child. Something must have happened, and I can only imagine, because you've seen... Given the year he's having, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not his. (laughs) If you remember that video of, uh, was it Crawley, where all the, after Steve Evans got sacked, they filmed themselves singing, uh, let's sing a song because the fat man's gone. (laughs) Whether, as soon as Christiansen was out the door, everybody was like, got the Marvin Gaye records off the shelves, straight onto the record player. I've got another theory. Mm-hmm. Last December, January, we put out a Baradi special calendar. <laughs> Have that thing hanging on your wall. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> I was going to say, my theory on this was, uh, do you think Massimo's parting gift was installing vi- like Viagra dispensers everywhere across Ellen Road? Hey, you need some lead in the pencil and all that, you know. If he'd maybe done that two years earlier, it might have been some good. A bit of life in the team that was so moribund. There were pharmaceuticals knocking around, we're led to believe. Moving on from that, in terms of other highlights then, what what else have we got apart from all these babies being born, which we're taking as a positive. Are we taking that as a positive? Um, Unless they keep our 
players awake. I mean, they're already knackered from training all day, and so then they go home. Even Pablo Hernandez was like, the wives need to take care of all this. It's like, all right, Pablo, it's easy for... And speaking as fathers to children with wives, does that work? No. 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 Okay, well, I guess you have to be Pablo I'm not, I'm not Pablo, I'm so... And nor no. do I have a sleeping pod at Thorpe Arch, but I'm, I will be requesting one. Personally, I enjoyed Roof's handball at Nor- against uh, Forest. Sorry, uh, I think that's one of my personal highlights. Just for the, I'm so angry. The sheer amount of anger that that provoked because it was us doing it, and that doesn't happen normally. We're on the receiving end of those, aren't we? So it was like, yeah. ah, you know what, up yours. Kima Radona. That's what I like to call him now, because it's like Maradona but Kima. Mm-hmm. Kima Roof. I, I got it. Yeah, okay, yeah. just checking. So anything to counterpoint that? Then disappointments. Um, we've had a lot of injuries, and everyone's kind of gone. Oh, is it Bielsa's training regime? But a lot of them, as we well know now, as we're all well versed in uh, physiotherapy and so on, because Marcelo told us, it's uh, it's not to do with his training. I'm going to switch it back to a highlight actually, because I loved him trying to explain Berardi's injury, and he pref- he prefaced it by saying, "You need to check with the medical staff because I don't know anything." And then through his translator, then gave the most detailed description of like <laughs> the exact muscular impact and what and what. A bit of cruciate ligament had torn from which joint in minute detail. Of like, but really, you need to ask. You need to ask. That's because one. he's a clever guy, and, and he knows what he doesn't know. Whereas <laughs> someone like Steve Evans would have would have talked like he was the world authority on muscle injuries. That is a good point, you know, as well. That's I think that's the difference with Bielsa is that finally we've got a manager who you know knows better than all of us. Mm. Whereas honestly, arguably, Steve Evans, Heckingbottom. I could give him a run for the money. Could have done. Yeah, I, I could have put a team well, out and been as bad. Because we are all armchair fans. They're watching it. And we all think we know better. And like with this, we're kind of like, do you know what? Probably don't. Yeah, probably yeah. still won't play Dallas at right back. But still, you know, there's two. There's two things you've got to concede when Bielsa's in town. One, he's going to do what he wants. Cause he's done what he wants since 1990, and he's not going to change his mind. So you don't get Bielsa in and go like, why aren't you playing four four two, the madhead? So there's almost no point in us doing this. We'll just go back to not bothering because anything we say just won't go in. Give it time. Barry Douglas, that's another positive. What a player. Love him. Barry Douglas is very good. Mm. Calvin Phillips as a centre-back is also mm. one of those things that only... Well, we don't we don't like to put labels on people. He's a centre-back. He's you know I heard him referred on the YEP uh, podcast earlier on to, as, a, as a quarterback, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. He's the, like, spraying the passes around. You, know, you pop it back to Calvin. He'll go do a raking pass over to that wing and they'll look up. Oh, dead end. Never mind. Back we go. Other wing. It's fine, isn't it? Fine. Yeah. And if it's not working, just drag him off. 20 minutes, your day is done, Calvin. <laughs> Sit down and get used to it. What do you think of Douglas then in terms of having Alioski in front of him? Because it's kind of a bit paradoxical because Alioski, the stats prove him to be one of the most efficient players in the championship and he gets involved in loads of tackles and crucial passes and stuff like that. Yeah, he's always offside and he's bloody frustrating. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of energy. He's a vis- <laughs> <laughs> and I think I can see why Bielsa likes him in his system because you do have to run a lot and he can run. A hell of a lot, and he does it right to the last minute of a game. It's just that when he's got the ball, he's not necessarily that effective. He's apparently created more chances than any other player in the championship this season. I do wonder if it is just because... (laughs) (laughs) You've been on whoscored.com again. Opta told the BBC's Adam Pope that, and then he told the region, so we've got to believe it. Apparently he's created the most, and Saiz is second... Um, and there was also something like that um, Saez has had 50 shots without scoring since he uh, last scored. Wow. But yeah, and I was wondering with Alioski whether it's just because he is so energetic and he just, just kicks the ball really fast and hard into the box. So it ends up being a chance. But it's not often, not always often a goal. I think that's that's one 
one thing where we're lacking. I've got a theory and see what you think of this. It's that he is quite good rather than very good and he's about pushing against the limits of what he can do and he's quite good, just not, he's kind of not that next step up that we probably want and he can't beat a man. I think that's part, if he could beat a man, that would, I think, would change our whole opinion of him maybe. That was one of the other stats that Opta came up for this thing that Popey did was that Jack Clark in his time on the pitch this season has completed more take-ons, taken on and beaten more players than Alioski has all season. I think Alioski has taken on and beaten one player, maybe two, which isn't really enough for a winger. But if his game is, because um, I think people get frustrated with him for not doing it, but then perhaps he's just worked out, it's like, well, I'm rubbish at that because I was a left-back in Switzerland, so I'll just cross from here mm. and then Roof can get on the end of it. And Douglas does get a lot two. of crosses in as well, so there's that balance of having someone who can run back to cover him. Because we all know what it's like to not have a competent left back because that was the situation for quite some time. <laughs> but it's not it's not always about whip, whipping, like beating one player and whipping. It's about getting four players down there against their full back. Overloads, process overloads. overloads. And then it's a pullback to try and score in the penalty yeah, area. Yeah, I think Douglas, well, Douglas makes Alioski look better when he's alongside him, doesn't he? Yeah. And Who Dallas, knows, in years to come, maybe Douglas will be assaulted in the white company as well. Why? What happened anyway? Tony Dorigo got... Headbutted or something. You can read about that in the in the Yorkshire Evening Post if it's still going. Oh, this was, it was a torrid love triangle, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just one of those things. Ren, you thought, am I? Is this a dream? <laughs> I'm not sure. So, is this kind of a wider symptom then of not having that winger that can beat a man, and maybe just having an alternative plan to Alioski because he's in there all the time, isn't he? We've got Jack Clark, but I think if Jack Clark wasn't 17, he might be starting. If he was a, an older alternative. Like an actual option yeah, instead of just a kid that we're trying. No, Bielsa's put his faith in um, Bailey Peacock Farrell and he's a fetus, isn't he? So Who else was he going to put his faith in? Jamal Blackman. Yeah, but he didn't go through the intensive uh, summer boot camp, though, did he? And so. his weak leg snapped as a result, <laughs> didn't it? And it, it could have snapped even sooner if he'd been having to pass the ball out from the back <laughs> all the time and just like draining it down. One thing you can't say about Bailey Peacock Farrell weak in any time, just because yeah, he looks like an Easter Island statue just standing there, stern. <laughs> unmoving I mean not moving is kind of a bit of a problem when the ball's being kicked at him really hard but, but you know um, can't have it all no actually when you talk of disappointments Peacock Farrell which I dare say we'll come on to do we consider him a slight disappointment at some times there was a good discussion on the YUP podcast actually um, between Phil and Joe Urquhart who they were saying he's been good enough he's not quite been to the level that you want at times he's had weaknesses to his game but he's, he's been good enough and good enough to retain his place despite a couple of mistakes I think part of the theory is if we don't let anybody shoot at him, he'll be fine. And I think that sounds flippant. We've been doing it quite a lot, that. Yeah, exactly. And it's why when Bielsa said he he's not to blame for us losing at West Brom, he had a small percentage and it's a team thing because, yeah, we've got a goalkeeper who isn't brilliant against long shots. So why the hell are we letting the um, attacker shoot at him? From the edge of the box, Pontus, Cooper, don't let that happen. So it is kind of a team responsibility click don't lose the ball in in midfield because it came from a stupid error from click the second one at West Brom he doesn't fall over like he did at Cardiff that Triskinson exiled him to uh, Holland for <laughs> then he doesn't catch Janssen and Cooper out of position and Dallas I don't know where Dallas was and then it doesn't happen so it's kind of a group thing so you can't just blame him just because he happened to be the one who uh, like had monster mush in his gloves instead of hands <laughs> whatever the problem was I, I have you down as the him. original Peacock Farrell hater 
when he first came into the team and you put put the video of him being rubbish on loan at York. Very out there, and you said, "I hate this guy. <laughs> I want him released on a free." I did, I said none of those things. <laughs> it was immediately misinterpreted. Stick with Vival, I actually said. stayed up. Sending those letters, up. sending those letters to his parents was out of order as well. I was I I made that video on a, an afternoon and then didn't post it till the him. next day because I was like, <laughs> I don't want this to look as if I hate him. What a bastard! What but a it was bastard. actually in his defence. It was like, let's not stick this because everyone's going like, get Bailey Peacock Farrell in. How bad can he be compared to Beadville? He's terrible. And exactly. Boo, I was get like, him out. Boo. This is how bad he was at York. So if we want to take that risk, and it and the reaction was a few people were leave the poor young man alone, which is fair. And then a lot of other people were like, oh, shit, don't put him in the team. And then he's actually, he's proved there. I mean, Leeds United were going to let him go at the end of last season until he played 10 games in the championship. And now he would, he's like, give me a contract because Arsenal want me. Goes to show, doesn't it? It's fine margins, very fine margins. Speaking of which, will it all lead to glorious promotion in the end? No. No, probably not. Playoff, playoff heartbreak. You yeah, think? we're going to lose in the, lose in the playoff final. In the final? Yeah, I think against, we'll get the who final. Are we going to lose against? Oh, it doesn't matter, we'll just lose. I reckon it'll be uh, Frank Lampard's Derby County. Yeah, getting that uh, revenge for the, the 4-1 early in the season. Could be. And we'll go into it massively complacent because we've beaten 4-1 earlier in the season. Mm. And we'll do the same again in the return fixture in the new year. Yeah, Bielsa loses a lot. That's one of the reasons why people... Uh, particularly this poet I was speaking to, associate, he says, I, I really respect um, his attitude towards failure. And somebody tweeted today about the the speech from Bielsa that Pep Guardiola has in his room, which is all about how you learn much more from losing than you ever learned from <laughs> success. So it's really, it's all it's all geared up for, uh, <laughs> for us to get really close. Specialist in defeat. Exactly. It's nice that as a football manager, you can stick to your principles. This is the way I do it. But that's how you resuscitate a patient. It's my way. Got to stay true to my principles. Right, on to what's been happening. What has been happening? We've we've killed Blackman, as we discussed before, due to his fragile um, porcelain legs. He looks a fragile guy. Just uh, well, Spindly. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of verticality there, isn't it? Like, yeah. And um, if it was going to happen, of course it's in the last 10 minutes of an under-23s game that we've already lost. Isn't it funny, though, as you were saying, like how these things turn on a dime, that there was just that growing clamour, a little bit, just to put him in. And all of a sudden, that's it. Game over. So we need, do we need a keeper? Well, we've got Bailey Peacock, Farrell, BPF. We can't get another keeper, can we? Till January, so... Let's see if we can get somebody who's more middle-class sounding than Bailey Peacock, Farrell. What a name. But the reserve now is uh, Willie Huffer, isn't it? Which yeah. Which is superb. I'd be happy to have him on. Have we um, teleported him in from the 1920s? <laughs> if old Willie Huffer, uh, making his debut for Leeds United, if if Willie Huffer isn't available, then we go through we go to the 1970s because it's Harrison Mayo next. Or Camille Mediasek, but that's his name isn't as funny unless it means something outrageous in Polish. If anybody is Polish, let us know what Camille Mediasek means, if it means like cucumber farm or something. Just occurred to me, do you know what Bailey Peacock's biggest flaw is? Bailey Peacock Farrell, his biggest flaw is not being Nigel Martin. And that's the same test that we apply to any goalkeeper. Anybody who's old enough to have seen Martin, and there's a reason why he was chosen as our best ever keeper in the all-time eleven. That's the problem, isn't it? No keeper is as good as Nigel Martin was because he was the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. he and he's he's a throwback to John Lukic, I think Bailey Peacock for because he's got that same thing that John Lukic used to do when he made a mistake. He just stand there and just look completely blank as if he doesn't even know what you're talking about. Did you just throw that in? You what? Don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's that same. Just there's there's nothing nothing going in, nothing coming out. 
it's just blank. So he's he's thrown back even further than than Big Nige. And what do we think then? Izzy Brown is kicking balls again, which is good news, isn't it? Another alternative in the in the Saez hole. He was due to play thirty minutes, and he played three quarters of an hour. So we're already pushing him too hard. We're ahead. Yes. That's yeah. the way, though, isn't it, those 15 minutes? I don't really know a lot about Izzy Brown, apart from when he tried to fight Pontus Janssen and then completely panicked. And there was a beautiful moment where you could see the, the fear in his eyes when he looked into the screaming Pontus. And it's like, I, I've made a, a terrible mistake <laughs> here. a grave error. <laughs> and that's before Berardi was even on the scene. Berardi was just arriving. Hot uh, tailing it over. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's my main knowledge about Izzy Brown. But I think we are pinning, since uh, Samu's gone a little bit, had a little bit of struggles without Pablo. Everyone's looking at, well, maybe we may as well just give Izzy Brown a go since since we've never seen him play, so we can't really say that he's no good. I have to admit to watching YouTube videos to try and suss out if he was any good or not. And he appears to be good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube wouldn't, wouldn't lie. No, I mean, the, we've seen all the evidence of Lewis Baker with his uh, his two-footed free-kick ability that I spent ages watching. Jordan Bataka, what a YouTuber he was. But he was good in real life as well. He wasn't, only you thought that. no. I thought that and I was right. Steve Evans didn't think it do you know and he's he, wrong. Do you, know, do you know where he plays now? Belgium still, isn't he? For which team? Oh, one of the, the best ones. <laughs> Is he in the Juliper? I, I, I don't even know how you pronounce it. Sint Trudens? Yes, yeah, Sint Trudens. They're really good. And he's, <laughs> yeah. and he's one, okay. of their, one of their standout players. Okay, still, as, still as skillful as... Uh, I was gonna. <laughs> I can't even the think. The fact of a, you can't think of a parallel. A player that well, exactly because he outstrips yeah, exactly. them all. He's more skills than anyone, isn't he? Uh, speaking of Izzy Brown and Pontus is coming together. Is is Pontus knackered? Have we had an update on that one? He was due a scan, wasn't he, or something? Not a baby scan. We've had enough of those. He's been doing that as well, though, hasn't he? Well, his baby was the the one that took the longest to arrive. I think it was first due and last out. But he's all right. <laughs> he's. Um... Were you there at the uh, at the moment of in or? <laughs> Just I felt like well, he's now he's, night vision goggles in the bushes. He's yeah. live streaming himself playing Counter Strike on Twitch now, which is in, an interesting response to fatherhood. I suppose the, maybe the baby is in Sweden, so he's in Leeds. He's got nothing better to do. But again, speaking to parents and children, did you get away with just like going and spending four hours playing? They do video sleep games a lot. Of, they do sleep a lot at that age. To be fair, so you if think? he's if he's just maybe doing a stint and baby's asleep, you can do what you want really. But if he's if he's putting his uh, his Counter Strike playing, broadcasting it live on the internet, maybe we'll see the rest of his home life as well, and we will know exactly when the next baby's on its way. Let's we'll hear that Marvin Gaye records <laughs> yes, coming yeah. coming from the bedroom, or um, the kitchen, is he or wherever. Is he knackered though? They haven't told us the results of the scan yet, but they are being quite good because we've got the head of medicine from Hull. He's got a big job title at Leeds now, and he's he gives like updates. Is it like pretty... medicine executive, something like that. Yes. What do we need? What do we need in this transfer window? Because that's not too far ahead. And obviously, they've been talking it down already, as they tend to do. Mm. But you would imagine a goalkeeper on loan, maybe, or defender. Mm. I know he don't want another defender, but it does feel like we need one. He's felt like that for quite a few months, though. And over summer, he was like, nope, fine. Got enough. Really? It, it, I get it in a way though. It feels like you don't, like you don't want him to imbalance the squad, and they're not all conditioned in the same way that all these lot are. I think he's showing off. You getting, think getting by without players? <laughs> same way as he, he was making fun of Heckingbottom by doing well with the same team. <laughs> Just now, go, how dare you. I'll do it without centre backs. How yeah. dare you? It is a massive fuck you to every manager that's had all those players. Even like Liam Cooper suddenly looking like a, a really good defender. It's like 
years of managers have tried that and got nowhere. I think he will probably not sign anybody and people are going to be irate. I think he'll re-sign Scott Wooten and turn him into a quality <laughs> centre-back just to prove he can do it. Get the gang back together. No, This is another one of those things that goes back to him all through his career. There was uh, Newell's, he wanted Roberto Sensini, was the only player he wanted to sign. And he'd started his career in the reserves when Newell's was when Newell's reserves were managed by Bielsa. So it's somebody he knew. He was like, can we get him back from Italy? And they tried. I said, no. I said, well, I'll stick with what I've got then. And the players ended up, they regarded it as like a big expression of loyalty. He was like, I could go and buy out buy some more players, but I want to do it with you. Is this, like, is this like when Wilco went and bought Paul Beasley? Yeah, he just wants the players that he knows. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, Wilco has got Pemberton, all the players he, jobs, the players he trusted. Um, but it is kind of like, it, it's, it comes down to him saying, I think you, my squad, are the, the guys who are good enough to lose in the playoff final. <laughs> and so it would be a betrayal of my promise to you if I went and signed some others. So there's a lot yeah. goes on. You will not give up your silver medal and to an outsider. Uh, the stories from the summer where it was apparently the club were saying, probably going to need another centre-half. And he's saying, I do not want one. That's very unusual. And even, so when you said they've started preparing this for the, the January window, it was Bielsa who said, I think the squad as it is is fine. The club, they may think differently and may want some players kind of what I think that's what happened at Lille they started signing players and he didn't want them so he's like I'm leaving well they ended up sacking him but he's like yeah don't I do not want any of these players that you are signing <laughs> love, it. love it well who knows what will happen by the summer a one goalkeeper thing- is probably advisable yeah, though, we need, in January we need at least I think, one yeah. I was going to say in the summer anyway we're off to Australia aren't we a tour of the colonies in the summer which will be nice playing against the uh, what the Salford City Red Devils I mean we could just play them in Salford seems like a bit of a long way to go well if they can stay up this season then we might be next year you never know it's better than Myanmar it is I mean ethically yeah I've got fewer problems with Australia than Burma yeah the ethnic cleansing happened ages ago though we're playing we are playing Western Sydney Wanderers as well so we've got a game a game against some plucky locals down there as well it's not Ross McCormack's team I should check whether there's any ex-leads playing for them because I was when McCormack I want Jacob went there. Bur- Jacob Burns to be there. I want him to be there. Oh, we could, yeah. Andy Keogh was knocking around over there for ages. Yeah, he as was well. captain of Perth, I think, and was in the team with Shane Lowry. Was playing right oh, back. So I, I hate Shane Lowry. yeah, I tuned into a game with those two <laughs> playing against Ross McCormack, and then McCormack's now was uh, partnering Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Yeah, <laughs> of course he is. Yeah, and that's what was great because Usain Bolt had a couple a uh, game up front for I think they're called Gold Coast, so he was playing for them with. Uh, with McCormack, and then Andy Keogh chipped in. He's like, he is not good enough for this league. He's got, he's got absolutely no business <laughs> pretending to be a striker. One of the world's greatest sportsmen being lectured by Andy Keogh. Love it. It's magnet only in Australia. Do you think, uh, you know, Radrazani has promised the players a promotion party, which will happen. Mm. It's going to happen in Las Vegas. Do you think that will happen before or after the tour of Australia? Because <laughs> we might have to cancel the tour of Australia because all our players are in jail. Well, I mean, we know what happened with the whole uh, Majestic... Hey, lads, take the weekend off. It'll be fine. There's almost uh, a suggestion, because it was in a a business interview where he said this, and the question, he said, I've said it, yeah, everybody's going to Las Vegas. And the questioner went, everybody, the the entire organisation? And Bielsa's like, yeah, the whole team? 
So we didn't really say, no, it's not the entire organisation. And there kind of there was a bit of an implication that like we might be going. Like everybody, <laughs> all season ticket holders, everybody. Maybe it's a loyalty thing. If you've been to six away games, you get to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> it, it may have been lost in translation, but I mean, we used to, you know, hang hang baits on every word. We may as well hang this guy as well. <laughs> you you almost said it. Take us to Vegas. We want to go there with uh, with Liam Cooper. Could you imagine party in the pool? Could you imagine Marcelo Bielsa in Las Vegas? I think I think you'd get probably the sequel to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas at this point. It's still uh, in jogging bottoms. There'd be a li- sure. yeah, there'd be a literary uh, masterpiece come out of this at least. I I have a relevant another relevant anecdote from Bielsa <laughs> that I was reading today. Total coincidence. He was talking on a plane to Jose Luis Chilavert. Um So if you want his history with <laughs> if you want his history with goalkeepers when he was at Velez. Uh, Chilavert, who was the Paraguayan goalkeeper, used to take all the free kicks and the penalties, had his highest scoring season. So maybe what we need from Bailey Peacock Farrell, what he's not seeing from him is goals. Doesn't matter about him saving them. But they were on a plane and uh, they started talking and were getting over their differences. And uh, Bielsa says, Where do you go on? Uh, where do you go on? Ho- how much do you spend if you go on holiday? And Chilavert says, Well, I spend about $80,000 going on holiday. He says, That is a disgrace. You should not spend that much money. That's a slap in the face for working people. And so they ended up having this big argument because Shilavar's saying, yeah, but I grew up so poor that, you know, I had to walk five miles to get a tap and all this. So now I've got this money I want to do. And Bielsa saying, no, you should never forget where Two you come from. Two weeks all inclusive in Benidorm. Get it done. <laughs> David Batty's caravan. Bielsa and Batty are absolute kindred spirits, really, aren't they? <laughs> Although Batty hated football and Bielsa loves it, so... Mm. Oh, I suppose so. Yeah, you're not going to get Batty sitting down to watch two VHS recordings of the 1986 World Cup at once or something. <laughs> Right, on to internationals, because it is the international break. Um, Fabian Delph, formerly of this parish, captained England, joining luminaries such as Phil Jagielka and Emil Heskey and Scott Scotty Parker and having the armband. So congratulations to uh, to Fabian Delph. But he joins other Leeds players. Mind you, only Trevor Cherry was the one who captained England whilst he was with us. But Seaman, uh, Ferdinand and James Milner have all worn the armband. Did James Milner captain England? Yeah, I think probably off the bench, sort For of. For a bit. A, yeah. Oh, OK. Robbie Rogers style. Yeah, <laughs> You have this, yeah. Okay, yeah, a proud moment. Andy played really well. And there was a nice little exchange between him and Lucy Ward on Instagram as well, with him. She, she, she was saying, I'm so proud of you, and he was like, oh, I owe so much to you. It was lovely. Did anybody watch the Manchester City documentary? I've not watched it yet. Me no. neither. Yes, I have, yeah. Right, so you can tell us about his reaction to losing in the, or was it the equaliser in the Scum Derby? Where you can hear him in the background. I believe his dialogue is something along the lines. If you've got the bleep machine ready, fuck, fuck, yeah, fuck, yeah. It's, fuck. Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of effing and jeffing. Yeah, but he seemed like he was taking it the angriest. In a, yeah, a proper... and actually, then then it was a case of which you imagine Bielsa to do a little bit, just to calm everybody down, mm-hmm. and then talk it out, and then wind them all back up again. But if I if I remember correctly, it was Delphi did not want to be calm about losing to Man United. No, he was he was not pleased, and good on him. Good on yeah. him. I like him. Him and James Milner are doing us proud. What um, what crime did Stuart Dallas commit for Northern Ireland? I've, I didn't oh. see this game. Right, okay. So not to want to kick him, he's playing left-back for Northern Ireland. They, they've lost the previous three home matches. They've... A natural uh, full-back <laughs> if ever we saw one. And they've, they've managed, they went behind against Austria at home and uh, they've never lost four in a row, but they got back, equalised. And it's six seconds from the end of stoppage time on the halfway line. Do you remember Click against Cardiff last year? He basically did that. So you're left with the vision of Stuart Dallas basically lying on the floor, swimming in the grass, while um, I think it's their best player was Alaba 
running down the wing with the ball, cross, last kick of the game, Austria win it. Um, absolute 100%. Nothing you can say or do that makes it not all Stuart Dallas's <laughs> well, fault. Peacock Farrell should have kept it out as well from the bench. <laughs> not even on the bench. Well, exactly. He was actually he was on a plane back to Yorkshire, but still probably more effective than Stuart Dallas in that in that moment. I mean, I don't have a strong dislike for Stuart Dallas. I find him a bit mystifying because I don't really know what he does. But you can't hide away from it's absolutely ridiculous. And Bielsa watches this stuff as well. Click was saying that he's like when he gets back after international break, he finds that like Bielsa's been watching videos of him in training for Poland or something. Um, so this will this will have been seen. So it may be the the thing that finally gets him out of the idea of Dallas at fullback. So it could be Northern Ireland's pain could be Leeds United's gain. It's kind of like a a, a Brexit deal in in miniature. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have to make the sacrifices so that we can get what we want. Red lines and all that. Right. Uh, speaking of which, let's move on to this that's just broken tonight. Sky's this is breaking news. Break, yeah. Sky uh, deal has been signed by the Football League, despite a lot of disgruntled people um, in the bigger clubs in the Championship. Some of whom own broadcasting companies. Imagine that. Um, yeah, threatening a breakaway league and... Obviously, hasn't come to pass. There's talk of legal challenges, but it seems to be the the vibe on that is it's just kind of um, almost like a just so they can formalise the protest and nothing will come of it because uh, Sean Harvey and his uh, coterie have signed the deal, five hundred and ninety million quid for the next few years. I mean, a couple of things to say on this. First of all, hopefully we're not even in the football league next year. I mean, quite frankly, after this, I've enjoyed it so much. We can either go bust or get promoted, whichever it is. Fine with it. The second thing. It's hard to side with Sean Harvey's football league because of Sean Harvey. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially when what seems to be heavily implied here is that Sean Harvey has gone to Sky to negotiate a deal and come back with nothing. That seems to be what the, the general attitude of everybody is, is that he's given away the extremely valuable football rates for what is one of the... Well, everyone says it's more exciting than the Bundesliga or whatever, that it's basically after, after the, the top five leagues, it's the championship... Um, and that the money that Sean Harvey has managed to get is kind mm-hmm. of does not reflect that, and it's the next five long years. And yeah, somebody uh, pointed out that the entire seventy-two teams in the football league each season will be getting less to share than the team that finishes last in the Premier League. And I think people like Radrizzani, who know the value of a sports broadcasting rights, are maybe even saying. I would have paid you more. Like, let 11 sports bid and there will mm. be more money. There should be more money than this. But should there be more money in football? I'm, no. I'm, I mean, I do hope that we go up and we have an ethically dubious uh, regime with a human rights record that would make you wince, take us over and we win everything like Man City. I'd be, I would be fine with that. But no, we don't need more money in football. No. And one thing I would point out about that is look at the highlights rights and what's happened to those because they've gone from the bbc in the uk if you're not familiar with this from the bbc to channel five to quest quest which i didn't even know quest is it channel 144 i didn't know quest even existed until the rights went there and i realized it was on my my tv guide and that's why there is kind of a point because the the highlights of the one of the top leagues in europe should not be on quest the cup should not be sponsored by Carabao and having its 
flying to have really badly run uh, draws being taking place in in China at four in the morning that then don't work anyway. And the whole checker trade trophy thing is an absolute disaster from Gareth start Barry to finish. played in that the other night. You know, to develop youth players, to develop Premier League youth players. <laughs> and Gareth was, Barry played in it. And he'll have been watched by about 40 people. And it's all happening since Sean Harvey became chief executive of the, the Football League. So I'm sure when he took that job, the highlights will have been on BBC and we would have had Manish and Steve Claridge and it would have been fine. And it's it comes down to, I think Sean Harvey is running the Football League terribly. He's and run everything else terribly. Exactly. So why why not this? And it's interesting that it's Andrea Ratrizzani, owner of Leeds United. There may be some poetic justice here and that he may be the one to come along and chop his head off. The thing Literally. with it is, it is an unfair, it's an unfair distribution of money, but so is the Premier League. And I would personally, if I could choose what to do, I would lump it. I would get the Premier League money lumped in, get it all spread out nicely, make it more interesting. But that's the whole reason they broke away from the I Football League in the first And that's place. exactly why... The whole reason we're looking is to break away from it again somehow. Yeah, but it just becomes, I don't know, I like the fact that there's loads of teams in England and that they can have some chance of competing. It's kind of, yeah. it's what our history is. You, we could be America and just have, you know, 20 top sides and everyone else is just playing in some whole separate league system. But that'd be crap. So it's a, it's a double-edged thing. It's one that the Premier League has gone so far out of sight. It's really hard to compete in two that Sean Harvey has come up with this money from Sky that doesn't help close that gap whatsoever it will just make it even worse and yeah so it's either everything goes pop and the Premier League becomes reasonable again or world football becomes reasonable again but I think if any broadcasting revenue drops at that level they will all just join up in Europe anyway and sod off or uh, go and find somebody who's willing to pony up the money and maybe it's if it's 11 sports then that will just hasten the demise of Leeds United when the broadcasting deal does go right I can call it now I tell you exactly what's going to happen we will go up just as the bubble bursts again. Oh, like definitely. happened with the transfer market. On digital too. Yeah. Pop. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
And on to this then, well, we like to, we've balanced things a little bit these days, haven't we, in this new world of positivity and getting behind Marcelo Bielsa's team that you've already predicted is going to fail <laughs> fail this season. That's when I'll fall back in love with Leeds United. This has been adapted from the, the classical, the one that they were talking about for generations, the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award. Now, the Ken Bates Villain Award, um, do we want to put Sean Harvey in there just for everything? Yeah, I think having just hammered mm-hmm. him there, um, yeah. And we're getting back to the scenario where he may be turning up at Ellen Road because Radrick Zarnik's locked him out and he's sitting in his car denying he is who he is again. So, you know, we'll, we'll get hammering for this. Meanwhile, Ken himself still going? Still alive. Not really. He's been a bit... It's been quite quiet. There was some Brexit coughs coming out of his out of his guts a while ago, but his... Uh, <laughs> Let me guess. I bet he was slagging off the EU from his uh, tax domicile uh, in Monaco. It was a very confused... I think whatever's happening, he's against it. That's basically his, <laughs> his opinion. Of course he is, yeah. Um, and I'm... Uh, whatever Ken Bates is doing, I'm against that. <laughs> So, so we're pretty even. Anybody else you'd like to lump in for uh, for this this pot of negativity? Well, um, Paul Hackingbottom, just because we mentioned earlier that he basically couldn't get a team to play any sort of style of football, and we could all have fancied our chances of doing as at least as good a job as him. Is there not been a bit a bit of water under the bridge now? Can we not forgive and forget? Mention if there's one set of fans who can hold a grudge, <laughs> bloody hell, it's us. We've got we've got ground to cover. It's been been Dan. You've not been here since 2015. Why don't we have Belushi? Put Belushi in. Yeah. John or James. <laughs> and um, also, Charlie Horton. Do you remember him? No, oh, of course God. you don't. <laughs> I do. I was purely looking back at a, t- a team lineups from the last time Dan played. I'd like to throw Charlie Horton's name in there because he was never good enough. Well, didn't you give up anyway? And he, he now went... plays for Richmond Kickers. Oh, is he actually playing? Which sounds like a sausage team. Who's that American? Who's, who's Charlie Horton? He was a goalkeeper we had once. He was American, mm. and he, he ended up, he had some family reasons why he just went back. Did to... he play a first-team game? No. No, he was on the bench a few times. Um, but we had Silvestri in the team at that point, so everybody was hoping he was going to be really good. He's done nothing wrong. I mean, it's, uh, in the last fortnight or so, I mean, I really don't think he's done anything <laughs> at all. Um, you follow him closely. Just a name I wanted to mention. Uh, excellent. <laughs> any any final calls this for this? Is, anybody, anybody else? Just want to say, Heckenbottom, the grudge is real, particularly from a podcast point of view, because when we were last doing this, he just turned up. The Paul era had begun, and we were trying to be like, oh, well, he's got plans for the summer, and maybe we'll get over this. And like, really trying to stop. I mean, he was here, and uh, I mean, there was some some sense in the idea that he was an up-and-coming coach. So we tried to be nice, and then look, what did what did we get? My favourite Heckingbottom memory was seeing him in the skybox, wasn't it, earlier in the season? Uh, was it was that the Derby game, maybe? Uh, whenever it was, and we were glorious. We were brilliant, mm. and we won. And No, it was the Stoke game, wasn't it? It was the Stoke game at the start of the season, and he was in the box, and he was at a loss to explain as to why the same <laughs> players who he had absolutely bombed out were playing brilliantly. Yeah, it's kind of like doing like a a drawing class together and you turn yours around and it's like a stick man and then Bielsa turns around his Da Vinci and you're like, it's not bad that actually, yeah, it's a bit... You, you, you've been coming to these classes for a while. Uh, sorry, and I was going to say, any final uh, candidates for, for this, for the villainy? Who wants to go for the um, the whole Pontus-Charlie Austin discrepancy? So the FA for letting off Charlie Austin for saying much more horrible things than Pontus Janssen yeah. said. And also Jeremy Simpson, the ref from the, the Brentford game anyway, that kicked all this off. He was an absolute disaster from start to finish. I had no time for the man. Who takes the uh, the Villain Award then? I'm torn between Ken Bates, just because he hasn't obviously been awarded it for a while, 
And I feel like if we're kicking off a new era, we may as well kick it off in the same way that we... But wasn't the part <laughs> of the thing that he never won it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Well, that's shattered the illusion now, hasn't it? <laughs> so we, we, we said, Ken can't win it. Yeah, no, he can't. He can't have it. Of course. Uh, in that case, you could probably edit all that out. No, I'm not going to do <laughs> In that case, uh, pecking bottom? Yeah, I feel like I want to give him one last kick up the ass as he goes out. As if being having to fly all the way to Myanmar on that tour and then get <laughs> sacked anyway was not enough of a kick up the ass. I'm starting to walk, Did could, he go on that? I can't remember. Yeah, it was second bottom took him. <laughs> so I'm starting to... Because uh, that's one of the things that's changed since... since I've seen the kind of the rehabilitation of Victor Orta into a turning up in, in the away end wearing an against modern football hoodie. Maybe it starts with him just like realising, actually, I could bully Paul Heckingbottom if I wanted <laughs> So yeah. are we all going over there? Uh, only essential staff. <laughs> and you. <laughs> well, congratulations then, Paul Heckingbottom. I was going to go for Harvey, but I'm, I'm prepared to go with you on this one. I think we may be hearing more from Harvey, because he's not going to take this line down. He's not going to be happy with Leeds United fronting to him about his broadcast. Harvey's a, a multiple winner of this. Yeah. It feels like almost he's, we're prepared to put his name on the trophy and hand it to him in that kind of three World Cups way. Anyway, on to the hero. Are we, are we still naming this after Andy Hughes? Um, it's a little bit premature to rename it after Bielsa. Pablo is running close. Maybe when Pablo retires, it could become the Pablo I was listening to um, a, a, the Under the Cosh podcast, and there was a guy talking about Andy Hughes on it, and he was saying that he used to he was trying to get someone really fat during pre-season so he could, he could play right back ahead of him. <laughs> he was taking cakes <laughs> to his room and stuff. Brilliant. He can, he can keep the title for the award then, based on that alone. Who are we going to chuck in here, uh, into uh, here for this then? few candidates well Fabian for captain in England for making yeah. us proud yeah. mm-hmm. showing what, what the youth system can do Lewis Cook not far behind him probably future captain of England yeah so Delph's had this moment and it'll be Lewis Cook next uh, Dylan Kerr oh also doing us proud ex-captain wearing Depeche Mode shirts wherever he goes ex-captain of uh, Leeds United reserves uh, when we won the league he has just left Gorma here FC in Kenya where, he, where he's, he's basically now over the last two years he's He's now regarded as the Marcello Bielsa of Kenya. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And there has been, uh, I think it's thank you, Dylan, is the hashtag to find on Twitter. Some of the stories about him of girls lining up in nightclubs wanting to have selfies taken with him and having to be forced to form an orderly queue. Um, but then he's 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 really, uh, um, yeah, he's he's been a big hit in in Kenya it's is hard to describe is that a bit like when Peter Reid went to Thailand to manage is that similar but but Dylan's actually done genuinely well he's got for the first time he's got them this team into the uh, the quarterfinals of the the Champions League of Africa he didn't <laughs> Can I just say by the way thank god Michael that we've got him because I don't do any research ever he for any of these which is probably why it fell off for 4 years thank god he's got some sort of basic knowledge of world football <laughs> well i, I think I like the way you're, you're covering all these. He's the so-and-so of Kenya, the so-and-so of Africa. <laughs> well, that's that's basically it. I mean, he, he didn't really amount to much at Leeds. He played about four first-team games. But Howard Wilkinson did say he was always his 12th man, so he was a vital part of, of, of that era. And, yeah, he's done. he has done... He's won two titles. He's won the Cup there. He never lost to their, their bitterest rivals as well, which has made them really popular and apparently like they were spending his players weren't getting paid and were on, on strike for a month not training and he still managed to get them going and he's eventually he's he's copped it so Dylan Kerr and strongly representing Leeds United in uh, just gonna in say Kenya. feels like a bit of an outsider but okay definitely good to give him a mention but there is one very strong candidate I'm not talking about Habib Habibu with that um 
goal where he uh, tapped it in after pretending to help his mate who was injured on the floor. That was heroic. It was very heroic. It Especially was. the context that he was retweeting it, saying that this is the kind of thing that if you are a good Samaritan and you help others, then the ball will appear on the goal line and you can tap it in. He was gen- he was seriously saying that. Habibu has taken... He, he occupies more of our sphere of uh, existence, perhaps, than he should do for such a peripheral figure, but there's something will always be funny about him because of the duck chucking incident, I think. And then this... Yeah, I was going to say, no, my nominee is the guy who's the Notts County chairman, you'll know Moscow probably, for sacking Harry Kewell after only, what, 10 games was it? Something like that. His name's Alan Hardy. I googled it this afternoon. Oh, really? Yes. Well, there you go. And and Kewell's assistant, Warren Feeney, he was at Leeds as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that's a real throwback to uh, the youth team posters of like 1996. Mm. I think he probably scored loads of goals. He wasn't quite Lee Matthews levels of, levels of scoring. But he was a big goal scorer in the reserves and youth team and somehow is still Kewell's mate. Got him with the wrong bad crowd, didn't he? Do you know who was taken over as caretaker? Nope. Steve Chettle. Well, I was going to guess Alan Sheehan. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Steve Chettle, which is going even Forest further back. Like, centre-back. Yeah, Forest centre-back from 92. Yeah. It's an odd little world, football. There's not many people in it. You'd think there'd be millions, but actually it's just like Harry Kewell, Warren Feeney and But great to see Kewell doing badly. Yes, it's wonderful. And I love the quote from the county chairman was apparently like, it's clear, there's no point in persisting with something when you just know it's not going to work. After 10 games, it's amazing. Thank God my wife doesn't feel the same. Well, there was one hero that we didn't mention. It was recently passed on, Dave Stewart. Ah, of course, yeah. Um, anybody younger might not be aware, but it's obviously been in the press that he died the keeper. European Cup final, did he play, did he start the game or was he on the bench? Started. Oh, he didn't have a sub-keeper in them days. Of course it was, he it was. It was yeah. There was someone called Glenn Latheron in the squad. Yes. Who was in the? Was it a bench or just the squad? I can't remember. I just maybe, remember the name because I don't think he ever played. Or maybe played he could a have game. a subkeeper in the European Cup. Yeah. Anywho, I don't know. But Dave Harvey was number one goalkeeper after Gary Sprague got into a car crash at the end of uh, the nineteen seventy four seventy five season, just as we're about to win the European Cup. And, and did uh, and did so. Yeah, Dave Stewart was uh, the Scottish goalkeeper. We had two Scottish goalkeepers called Dave, and people from that time say that Stewart was probably just as good as Harvey. But it's kind of that thing that Leeds United used to do of just having twenty brilliant players and only ever playing eleven of them. But they didn't want to go anywhere because they were playing for Leeds. That's... I should really, I should really have remembered the name of the goalkeeper who won us the European Cup, shouldn't I? Well, yeah, he played the semi-final. Uh, both legs against Barcelona and then yeah, the when we won the final in Paris against Bayern Munich he was the keeper there um, didn't get a medal strangely none of the Leeds players got medals for winning the European Cup uh, that seemed day seemed a bit odd yeah and I've never seen us sewing, sewing a star anywhere mm. however we have we have the rights and maybe one day maybe for a 100 year anniversary next year of the centenary we should just do it anyway just bring out a kit with a, a European Cup star on it I've got to make a confession by the way I went to Bayern Munich earlier on this year in April. Quite enjoyed myself. You could drink beer in sight of the pitch. Mm-hmm. I did feel like I was cheating on Leeds, though. You could probably do that at Harrogate Town. You don't have to go to, to spoil yourself going to buy Munich. It was it was good fun. And Munich okay. is a very it's a very nice city. But I did I did honestly genuinely feel guilt at putting money into their club and being in the stadium. I felt guilty for Who did the play? Another team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They won. I can't, we'd had quite a lot of beer. I mean, you were praising you were praising Moscow for his research a while ago, but you went to this game and you don't know who was playing. It? <laughs> That's gonna, basics, I would say. I'm going to say they were playing in blue. It might have been Hamburg. It was another German team. Okay. Was Pierre Michel Lasogger up front for them? No. Okay. But they were losing, and then they won. But it was just before they lost to Real Madrid. I think it was in the um, 
European Cup semi-final. So was it a bit, a bit of a scratch side? One of the interesting things that I noticed from doing that though is that they um, you buy a ticket and then the entire stadium is open, which I know, which is bizarre to us in England. So you get you'll get your ticket and you go in, but you can literally walk around anywhere and go to any tier or anything. They don't stop you. And the the whole middle tier where we would have a row of executive boxes, they've just got a gap and it's got a railing you can lean on and drink your beer. What a world. What a civilized civilized world. I mean, we can barely you can you if you even tried to go from the cop to the northeast corner, you'd probably people with electric cattle prods yeah. would be chasing you. Spend the night in a cell. Didn't some child get thrown out at some point for trying to go between the northeast corner to the family stand to go to the toilet? That was one of Bates's finest moments, yes. Some child got... Uh, well, beat, yeah, a, beat a child up in the concourse for, he, for daring to try and go to the toilet. Separated from his father, and uh, and they, they made sure they kept it that way as well. I think they took the kid in the cells and they wouldn't let his dad go and it's find all, him. It's all a bit Mexican border, is this? <laughs> anyway, we've gone wildly off point. Who's yeah. going to get the Hero Awards? Alan Hardy. Um, well, we can either give it to our European Cup winning goalkeeper... <laughs> Um, who has now sadly uh, passed on and thank him for our service. But really, I mean, a, an award from a poxy podcast is really not going to... Um, or we'll just give it to the guy who has sacked Harry Kewell. Sacked Harry Kewell. I think yeah. it's pettier to give it to him. So I'll, I'll Okay. We'll give, a, we'll give a firm thank you to Dave Stewart and we'll give a, an Andy Hughes award to whoever this guy that runs Notts County is. I absolutely hate these international breaks. Do you not feel like you, you can't function properly without that sort of back... Background anxiety that sort of underpins the whole Leeds United experience. Do you know what I'm missing? A live uh, Marcello Bielsa press conference. Yes, that's part of it, isn't I it? I need to tune in to that. It breaks your week up. You've got the press conference and then you know it's nearly match day. Anyway, match day it is on Saturday. It breaks your day up. It's all afternoon sometimes. <laughs> Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Sell out against Bristol City, which is good news. They're one of these teams, Bristol City. They're strange in that, like a lot of the championship, they could be anywhere from third place to about 18th, but... It turns out they're, they're about somewhere in the middle of the table at the minute, aren't they, with a bit of an indifferent record? Yes, they're uh, eight points behind us. They've lost three games in a row, so that's good. Oh. I mean, yeah, they're, they're just a weird bunch. We had that weird aggro with them last season about Berardi um, barely touching that guy's Broke his nose, nose. apparently. Yeah, until they all started smirking about it later. They were all like, oh yeah, it's not actually broken. <laughs> After Berardi had been banned for it. But that's one of those things where getting drawn into a grudge with Bristol City, it's better than getting grudge against Bristol Rovers, I suppose, the Pirates or whatever they're called. Yeah. But yeah. Well, they'll bring cutlasses, won't what, they? And... What's tougher, a Robin or a Pirate? Who would you rather fight? <laughs> well, I'd say Pirate, Cutlasses, Robin. What's he got, a beak? Yeah, but uh, I mean, have you seen the birds? Uh, Hitchcock film. Hitchcock yeah, film. I've seen it. Yeah, that's disturbing, but I reckon I They weren't Robins, though, were they? <laughs> That's real our tactical analysis. <laughs> That's all we've got to offer. It's pretty much as good as it always was. Well, in preparation, just in case our tactical analysis was not up to scratch, I have got whoscored.com's preview page open. So, do you want to know what we've got to fear from Bristol City? Uh, shooting from direct free kicks, uh, beaks. We've got very sharp beaks. Counterattacks, attacking set pieces, which I think it might be the same thing as before. They create chances using through balls. They're also strong at creating scoring chances. They just make this up, don't they? Who's what were you good at? Well, uh, actually, I was. We're I've, never, good I've at never seen Bristol, so art. that could that Michael, could be lies. Mark, we are good at art, Michael. Well, to balance out, I will tell you uh, what it says about us. We are good at creating long shot opportunities. Very strong. That's creating, just that's just because clicks keeps smacking them in. Okay, we're good at we're creating, not creating those. Just, creating chances using through balls, possibly. Okay, this is just bollocks. We're good it? at well, no, you say that. Okay, weaknesses. 
we are very weak. The only thing we are very weak at, according to whoscored.com, is avoiding At off- the knees. At the knees. No, is avoiding offside. That's again one player. Well, exactly, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's it shows bullshit. that it's based, it's, it's based, it's based in, in evidence. based in fact and bullshit. observation. We're also weak. Do you want to know our weaknesses then? Aerial duels, counter-attacks. Northern in, Irish um, fullbacks. Injuries. Defending against skillful... Broken legs, bendy legs. Defending against skillful players. Um, and our style is... It always seems to say stuff like that. Difficulty playing against really good people. <laughs> Strengths, scoring goals against rubbish goalkeepers. Leeds' style, consistent first 11, that's true. Opponents play aggressively against them. I'm not sure that's our style, but there it is. Bristol City style, they attempt crosses often. They control the game in the opposition's half, attack through the middle as well as attempting crosses. Opponents play aggressively against them. I've stopped listening. You know. And they are non-aggressive. So what does that tell us? What, what Predictions, Michael. I've just given you all the information. 3-0 there. Leeds. Okay, uh, I concur. This is one of those games we need to win it, don't we? Because we've got, let's have a look at what we've got coming up. I mean, we've got three out of the next four home games. You'd have to hope we're going to win at least two, if not all three of them. We've got what Reading coming up, QPR, both perfectly winnable. This one is Sheffield United away. Take a draw from that. Yeah, You'd want a win, wouldn't you? But They look really good. Sheffield United. United, yeah. Of course, Billy Sharp will score because... Of course, yeah. Inevitable. I think we'll smash Bristol. Bearing in mind that Bailey Peacock, Farrell and Stuart Dallas will probably be playing. It's going to be 6-5 to us. 6-5. my prediction. Wow. And that's about it then for this this comeback podcast. Nice to get back in the old in the old routine for it. Um, we've got the next issue out. Issue 5 is going to be out for QPR on December the 8th. The fixtures have fallen in quite an unfriendly way this time, haven't they? Tomorrow. We'll get the magazine out, though. We'll, yeah. we, we always do. Issue 5, QPR, December the 8th. Check us out on the socials. We are um, the square ball across all platforms. We don't do Snapchat because we're grown-ups. But apart from that, check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. You say we're grown-ups. Moscow has done an Instagram post today where he's firing a little love heart cannon at me. Yeah, Moscow at TSB on Instagram for that one. (laughs) Uh, Please do check out the merch we've got on sale as well, particularly the calendars and the colouring books. Uh, All the profits from those going to the Leeds Children's Hospital, Leeds Cares... And we've got a bunch of clothes out as well, so if you could buy yeah. those, the winter line. And uh, we did an away kit rip-off t-shirt as well. So. Of course, yeah, we've got a yellow one out. The, the unlucky yellow shirt. Yes. <laughs> we never even touched on the shirt. It's a nice shirt. Yeah, we did. Uh, we ripped off the military green ones as well, so if those... Uh, I think the club kept <laughs> I mean, selling out of those, <laughs> so we just did Ripped them. off seems like a really strong term to throw in there. Well, exactly. I mean, you can't... We drew inspiration from You can't trademark a green t-shirt, can you? So I think we're, we're on safe ground. We were inspired by the club's new fashion line, to uh, to rip it off, but with a square ball logo, which is arguably better than the lead salute one that they tried. Everything you need, you can find that at thesquareball.net. That's it for this podcast, and we will speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.